0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank.
1: Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't No Seats. What is good, everyone?
2: Welcome into another episode of Aid No Seats. I am here to talk about an undefeated matchup um, in Lawrence, Kansas this weekend, and no one better than um, Jeff Hansen. He covers BYU football over on 247 Sports. Um, I actually I tweeted earlier asking who a good BYU guest would be, um, and there was like five-plus people that suggested Jeff Hansen. Um, and I just want to say, first off, I really appreciate how easy it was to communicate, um, to get you on. Thank you for coming on. Um, how how are you and how excited are you for BYU's technically first Big 12 matchup?
1: Yeah, man. I uh, appreciate you having me on, first and foremost. And uh, excited. I, I, I think BYU fans, generally speaking, they're still kind of this like, is this really happening? Are we really in the Big 12? I mean, after... I mean, yeah, the last three or four or five years, right, of, you know, expansion, everybody kind of on their toes. But for BYU fans, it goes back to like the early 90s of, hey, we thought we were going to get in maybe back as early as like 94, 95, 96. And so for it to actually be happening here, it's it's kind of like a hey, win or lose. Like we're at the table and everybody's got this novelty and this this starry eyed. And I don't know. It's cool. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, so I, I first off wanted to talk about just BYU fans in general because I, I obviously a KU fan, um, been following KU since I was a kid, so I don't know a ton about BYU. And I've heard for the past couple of weeks how how many fans are going to be there from BYU um, and just how passionate they were. So has this kind of been a thing with BYU fans to
1: where they, they really travel well um, and they're just a super passionate group? Yeah. I mean, BYU fans, because of their affiliation with the the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we, we use the term travel well, and, and it's true. I mean, they show up at away games, so that's technically what it is, I guess. But there's BYU fans across the world because of their affiliation with the church. And so really, everywhere that a game pops up, there's this you know group of BYU fans within an hour or two of a drive that are like, hey, cool, I can... I can see BYU play in Arkansas. Great. We're, we're there. And then all of a sudden there's 12,000 BYU fans at Arkansas stadium. Uh, so yeah, I mean, BYU fans, they show up, they're loud, they're, they're everywhere. Uh, and it is in large part due to that affiliation with the church and and as a result, uh, yeah, it makes for a really fun environment. Uh, we're not the most rowdy fan base in the world. Right. And so I think for the most part, uh, you know, when we show up and what we being BYU fans, when we show up at opposing stadiums, we have a good time. And I think try to make it a good experience and recognize like, Hey, look, this is, you know, this is y'all's house. Like we're guests here. Let's just have a good time and have some fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for Saturday. I've been communicating with BYU fans all week on social media. So I'm hoping I'm hoping the rain stays away and I get to, I get to meet some of them, but you brought up the Arkansas game. Um, They obviously went into Fayetteville, as dogs um, they put up 38 points and they they won by a touchdown obviously and that what that uh seven of those 31 points from Arkansas came off a punt return so it could have been could have been a more lopsided victory but I wanted to talk about um BYU's offense in that game I think Keaton Slovis threw for around 170 they ran a trick play um for a touchdown and then the rushing attack wasn't amazing kind of like it's been all year so can you kind of Talk about that Arkansas game, just your takeaways from that game, just from an offensive standpoint um, and kind of where you're at with this team right now.
1: Yeah, you know, everybody's kind of still in a wait and see mode. I I think BYU fans, we were kind of spoiled for the last four or five years. They had Zach Wilson, you know, he did his thing for three years in Provo, and then they handed the baton to Jaron Hall, who had been there, and ultimately he went and got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings after Zach Wilson. So you had five years without really a transition. Two NFL quarterbacks that both knew the system. They both kind of grew up together. And so I think BYU fans forgot what that looks like when you have a new quarterback, new system, new everything. And Though Keaton Slovis had a ton of college football experience, he didn't have any BYU experience. And so this was all new. And what you saw on week three, I guess week three, third game against Arkansas, it, it, it was probably a, a positive sign, positive progression for the offense, but it was still kind of in this phase of, it's a group of guys that's still trying to figure things out. Uh, BYU, ton of new faces on both sides of the ball, but sp- especially on offense. It wasn't quite Colorado turnover, but they added something like 60 new bodies to the roster this year. And so it, it's a lot of new faces that are still figuring out how to play not only with each other, but within the you know the confines of the scheme and things like that. And so the team's still figuring it out. What, what I think from a BYU fan perspective, what I think people are drawing some some optimism from is that they gained a lot of the, the yards that were available to them, right? It wasn't like a 500 total yard offense performance, but the defense set BYU up with a lot of short yardage. You know, if you have turnovers, the kick return game was great. I think BYU's average starting field position was about the 40 yard line against Arkansas. So they they had a lot of short fields to work with, and then they capitalized on those for the most part. Uh, you you kind of mentioned it, Braden. I mean that that game really started out about as bad as it could for BYU. Arkansas had a 55 yard touchdown run in their opening drive. BYU had three and out, and then Arkansas ran the punt back, and it was 14 nothing before people had even sat down. So for BYU fans, they're looking at it and saying, "Hey," and you know, the final 57 minutes of the game, it was really 38 to you know 17, and BYU kind of controlled the game from that point on.
2: Yeah, so you touched you touched on Keaton Slovis a little bit. I think anyone that watches college football knows who he is. He's been around a little bit. He was at USC as a freshman. He was unreal. Um, he was throwing to guys like Michael Pittman, um, Drake London, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then he makes his way to Pitt. I think he had a mediocre year last year, I would call it. Um, now he's obviously at BYU, and I think a lot of our fans are curious about him. So I wanted to know what your expectations were for him going into the year
1: and kind of what your takeaways have been three three games into the season. Yeah, man, I think a lot of our fans are still kind of curious about who he is too. Uh, the biggest, I, I guess, thorn on the side of his game over the last couple of years, during his last year at USC and during that year at Pitt, was his decision-making. I mean, he was just a poor decision-maker. He was accurate with the ball. He has the arm strength, he has all that stuff but he just made a lot of bad decisions to where his touchdown interception ratio was almost one-to-one. And so coming to BYU, that was a big fear. Aaron Roderick, offensive coordinator, he doesn't like to turn the ball over, You know, maybe even less so than most offensive coordinators. It's ball control number one for him. And so that was a big thing of how is Keaton Slovis going to protect the ball? Can he make appropriate decisions? And so far he's done that. He's only had one interception on the year and it came on a, a play where he was hit as he threw so kind of a fluke interception. So that that's good. Now you've got to see Keaton Slovis. BYU fans are waiting for him to take that next step of okay, you've proven you can protect the ball, but like, dude, unleash and you know take some risks and push the ball downfield. He's throwing the ball right now. It's about seven yards per attempt. I think his average depth of target is about eight and a half yards. Uh, so he's just not pushing the ball down the field at all. And that's what you saw so much from him during that early time at USC is. I mean, he had the, the wide receivers that you mentioned, who are all great wide receivers now in the NFL. So maybe it was easy to push the ball down the field then. But that's what that's what BYU fans want to see from him is some chump plays. They didn't get a lot of that going against Arkansas, uh, and and you know, hopefully, theoretically, I think in most BYU fans' mind, the Kansas defense should allow a few more shots than Arkansas did. But yeah, there just there isn't a lot on tape so far from Keaton Slovis doing that yet.
2: Yeah, and he's he's not really a guy that can beat you on his
1: feet, right? He's not a guy that extends drives with his legs. You know, he's he's more athletic than I think I thought he was coming to BYU. He actually has three rushing touchdowns this year. It's just, he hadn't had any throughout his career, and he got to BYU. He's he's shown me he's he's not a statue back there. But yeah, you would not you know confuse him for a dual threat quarterback anytime soon.
2: Okay. Cause yeah, I want I wanted to talk about BYU's rushing attack so far and I, I could be off on the numbers, but from what, from what I saw is 88 carries for 235 rushing yards so far and 2.7 a carry, which is obviously concerning for BYU. I think that's a stat that KU fans will be excited about just because I think the worry going into the year for KU was stopping the run. So two of those games were obviously against Sam Houston, where they were nine, 19 point favorites, I believe, and only scored 14 points. And then um, Southern Utah. So can you talk about BYU just from a ground game standpoint um and kind of maybe what the issues are there? because obviously you guys have a huge talent, left tackle. Um, so I just kind of was curious about the ground game so far.
1: Yeah, it's been super confusing to see how really inept the ground game has been for BYU. Uh, and I think if we look at it, BYU fans, there's a ton of of, of returning experience on that offensive line but a lot of them were transfers, and all five guys are playing new positions. So you mentioned the left tackle, Kingsley He he's legit. I mean, he's a first-round type talent, uh, one of the better left tackles, I think, in the Big 12 Conference, but he's played right tackle up to this point in his career, so he's only played three games at left tackle, similar, obviously, but but different. Uh, Connor Pay is a tremendous center, but he's playing right guard for BYU this year. He's, he's played three years at center. And so then you, you just got new guys and new spots. And it seems like that offensive line, they just haven't figured out how to play next to each other. Maybe they're all playing new spots. And so they're all thinking too much. Uh, I, you know I, It's really tough to diagnose exactly what's going wrong. And then you factor in that it's three new running backs as well, two transfers and a true freshman that are, are having trouble finding those gaps, finding uh, you know which holes they need to hit, knowing when to cut it back and things like that. BYU's wide zone scheme, that's really what they've been known for, is is finding those cutback lanes. Tyler Algier's in the NFL. Chris Brooks is in the NFL. That's that's what they did and had success with at BYU, and they just haven't seen a lot of that yet. Now, having said that, LJ Martin is the real deal. He's a true freshman, was a four-star guy that BYU flipped from Stanford on signing day last year. He got the start last week against Arkansas. And his numbers weren't staggering. It was, I think, 22, 23 carries for about 80 yards. So certainly not fantastic. But it was enough that Arkansas had to respect it. And I think that that was progress, given where BYU was in the first two weeks of the season. And now they're hoping to take that next step forward, now that it seems like they found a guy in Martin that they can give the ball to, you know, give the Lions share of the carries to.
2: Yeah, so... uh, after we're going to talk about one of our sponsors real quick. Let's, let's talk about the offense a little bit more after that. Um, but our sponsor home field apparel, they, they have the greatest college gear you can find. Jeff, I don't know if you've seen them or checked them out, but they have, they have BYU stuff. Um, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's amazing because every school they have is great. The quality is um, elite. I love wearing their stuff. They take care of us all the time. They send us, Amazing gear. I beg my friends to buy their stuff. They do. My family does. Um, the website is homefieldapparel.com. You can still get 15% off um, with the code NOSEATS23. So go check them out. All their stuff's amazing. I love their gear. I love the quality of it. And I love how well they take care of us. BYU fans, I'm sure you're listening since you love Jeff. Um, and his his uh, Twitter bio says, uh, don't be soft. So you should be in here listening. Um, and go check out the BYU stuff. Use code NOSEATS23 for 15% off um, at checkout. D- it's Thanks off.
0: for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: I could have ended that one better and not set you up there, but
1: what do you have to say? What do you have to say about home field? No, you're good. I am a big home field guy. In fact, my first home field shirt was actually a Kansas shirt. So, so there's that little connection. I feel like I'm connected to the program now.
2: Big KU fan, Jeff Hanson, and that's building. right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we talked about the rushing attack. We talked about Slovis. So, I wanted to talk about just BYU from a weapon standpoint because I t- I talked to someone. Earlier, I was on a BYU podcast, and my my worries for BYU here was kind of their weapons on the outside if they were going to be able to get in a shootout with KU and keep up. Um, and obviously, you guys have Isaac Rex, tight end, 6'6". He's a leading receiver right now, um, so that's kind of the only guy I'm familiar with. Obviously, Lasseter, he has family ties to KU, so you kind of talk about BYU's weapons on the outside um, and talk about and touch on Isaac Rex a little bit too.
1: Yeah, we'll start with Isaac Rex. I call him the elk because, you know, the saying is he runs like a deer, but he's huge, right? He's like 6'6", 250. Uh, I mean, he's bigger than most deer. So he's the elk in my mind. Uh, He's special. I mean, I think he's an NFL talent at tight end. Uh, He's about to break. His next touchdown will be the uh, all-time touchdown record for tight ends in BYU history. There's a lot of really good tight ends that have gone, gone through the program over the years. So Isaac Rex is absolutely the real deal. BYU's probably had to use him between the 20s more than they really would like to. He's a fantastic red zone guy, you know, that short yardage when you need the first down type guy. Uh, But you don't want him being your your primary threat when you're trying to move the ball 10 or 15 yards at a time. Uh, So yeah, BYU's got to have somebody step up. They're hoping that Cody Epps is back. He's only played a couple of snaps so far this year, missed week one and week two altogether, and only played a couple of plays against Arkansas. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. If he's back and he's even close to a hundred percent, he's probably BYU's most consistent wide receiver. He's not the biggest guy; he's not always going to be able to get over the top, but he's so elite uh, with his quickness and just creating space. You know, making that that five yard five yard route and turning it into a first down. I mean, that's really who he is, uh, and he's got a lot of chemistry with Keaton Slovis that we saw throughout training camp before that injury. You know, kind of snuck up on him. So. BYU is hoping he comes back and beyond him it's kind of been wide receiver by committee. Parker Kingston has had a few a few plays where he's looked great. Chase Roberts is a bigger body on the outside had a fantastic in winning catch against Arkansas. He he's got the ability to be a guy last year when BYU played, I think it was the Baylor game, Chase Roberts kind of broke out. I think he had eight or nine catches, 150 some odd yards. I mean he he's got the talent to do that. Uh, he just hasn't been able to stack those kinds of performances week over week. So there's talent there, but it just isn't. You don't have that proven number one guy unless Cody Epps comes back. That's probably where Keaton Slovis looks to the most.
2: I might uh, know more about BYU after tonight than I know about my own team, so I appreciate that. But let's let's flip over um, to the other side of the ball. And BYU obviously has a new defensive coordinator this year, Jay Hill. He coached at Weber State for a long time. Um, He won a lot of games there. He's the associate head coach now at BYU. He talk about the differences on the defensive side of the ball and um, just talk about him a little bit and how much the players have bought into his system.
1: Yeah, philosophically, I mean, the last couple of years, BYU loved just like death by a thousand paper cuts, man. They were totally content to drop eight, sit back on their heels and just let the offense do what they would. Uh, Jay Hill came in and he's totally changed that. He's from the Kyle Whittingham coaching tree. Uh, he coached at Utah for, I want to say, 10, 11 years before he went to Weber State, yeah. played at Utah under Whittingham and under Urban Meyer. Uh, so that's that's who he is. He's that same kind of aggressive mindset that's made Utah so good uh, on a national level here over the last few years. He's brought that to BYU, and I think that the players, they, they bought in super quickly because they were just so tired of playing this passive style of defense. They finally had a coach that said, hey, go get to the quarterback. You're not going to play. And they were like, cool like that's what we've been waiting for for years so it's it's really exciting for BYU fans to see I'm super nervous about this the the style against a quarterback like Jalen Daniels though they've had success so far this year they pitched a shutout against Sam Houston they were able to mostly contain KJ Jefferson but Jalen Daniels is just such a different quarterback that the BYU where the scheme is so new uh it's the kind of it's the kind of game that if they're, you know, selling out to make a play to try to get to the quarterback and they're not staying assignment sound, they're, you know, not fitting in their gaps, Jalen Daniels will just run, right? And he'll he'll tear BYU up. So I'm really interested. The schemes look great so far, but this is definitely uh, it's not only the toughest. I think Daniels is probably the best quarterback that BYU's played so far, but it's also just a unique scheme that BYU's going up against. And we'll really kind of see, like, okay, I'm, how how installed is this defense? How how much do the guys know the playbook? Uh, I I don't think we know until Saturday against this Kansas offense.
2: Yeah, I think I think KJ Jefferson obviously really good quarterback, and him and JD uh, went after the bowl game last year. I think uh, KJ just kind of a bully; he's a big big QB can run guys over. JD's kind of a quicker, more fluent runner. Um, but yeah, I think those, the, both those guys are on the same level. And I, I kind of thought this right when I was looking at BYU, um, after the Arkansas game and it's, do you think a lot of people around the country are sleeping on the BYU defense? It's just, I think KU fans are, they're not too worried about the offense, but no one's talking about the defense. And like you said, they pitched a shutout and then I brought up the punt return against Arkansas. So Arkansas
1: offense didn't do a ton. So yeah. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. Right. I mean, because unless you're watching BYU play, and frankly, I don't know why any non BYU fan would have watched Sam Houston or Southern Utah. So unless you happen to catch that Arkansas game, you're gonna look at box scores and you're gonna look at what BYU's defense has done over the last few years. You know, any advanced metric preseason type stuff, you know, Phil Still or SP plus, they're gonna be heavily weighted towards what BYU was doing. And there's just no sugarcoating it. It was, it was dreadful for the last couple of years. And that's, I think, what people are going to are, are look at. And unless you watched them play against Arkansas, that's what you're going to think and you're going to see. Uh, but, yeah, Braden, I think you nailed it. This defense is very different. It's aggressive. They brought in a bunch of new guys. The linebackers are faster. They're more physical. The secondary is bigger, better. Uh, it's, it's a very different defense. And if you're not ready for it, yeah, it can jump out and surprise you. And I think that's ultimately what happened against Arkansas.
2: Yeah, so what what would you say the biggest strength of this BYU defense is? Obviously, the front seven's really good. I think the defensive line is physical. They talk about BYU in the trenches. Um, it's full of old guys. Leip, Lance Leipold got in trouble this this week for calling them 22 years old when they were 21.7. Um, so, yeah, what – what do you think the biggest strength of this BYU defense is and can
1: they slow KU's offense down? Yeah, it's I think one A and one B with the corners and the linebackers. The safeties are a completely different story. It's probably going to be a pair of walk-ons that are starting in safety on Saturday. So that's a that's a big gap. But BYU's got they play a lot of nickel and they've got three corners that are very, very good. That that uh, that two of them came with Jay Hill from Weber State. Eddie Heckard was an FCS All-American. I mean, he's the real deal. When he hit the portal, he had most of the Power Five schools out west that that were recruiting him. He he followed J. L. down to Provo. Uh, Jacob Robinson, Camden Garrett. They, they've got a really good trio of corners, and then the linebackers in the middle. That's really kind of the nucleus of what BYU does. You're going to hear the names Ben Bywater and AJ Vonfachon a lot throughout the broadcast. They're they're everywhere. They're fast. Uh, going into the Arkansas game, there's a lot of question marks about like, hey, can these this linebacker unit, can they stack up physically against Arkansas? Because they're not known for their, their size and their physicality. They are sideline to sideline type guys. And against a, a quarterback like Daniels, against Devin Neal, it's those linebackers who I think are going to make or break this game for the BYU defense. And so they're good. They're very good. This is definitely the toughest test and it will be Kind of a strength versus strength thing in my mind of, of this Kansas offense versus these linebackers, it will be a lot of fun to see.
2: Yeah, we so we got to talk about the safety situation a little bit because I've heard a couple different things. Um I've heard both starters are hurt or I've heard one of the players that plays a get him out took a bad angle on a play and then they sat him and he hasn't played since. So how long have the walk on safeties been playing? Has it been kind of an all-year thing? Um, so I'm I'm just curious on the whole the safety safety yeah. group as a whole.
1: Yeah, so it's strong safety. BYU had a, a freshman All American in Micah Harper who who got hurt towards ACL in fall camp, so he was done for the year. His backup had played a bunch too, and then he broke his collarbone right at the tail end of camp. So uh, immediately they were moving into the you know third guy on the depth chart before game one even started. So it's a it's a guy who's been around in the program for a little while, Ethan Slade. He plays assignment sound football. He's not going to be a playmaker, right? I mean, he's not going to be a guy that you're going to look at and say, hey, he's one of the best on the on the defense. But he's bought into the scheme and he plays assignment sound football. He's done as good as you can hope. But what, I mean, realistically, what are you hoping for from a, a third string walk on, right? At the free safety side, you're, you're right. Uh, uh, Malik Moore, has he's been a starter with BYU for a long, long time. I think he's entering with the COVID year. I think this is his fifth year in the program. Uh, he just hasn't figured out this new scheme. I mean, he's not a, a physical player. Jay Ill wants his safeties to be physical. He's taken some pretty poor angles. He's played pretty poorly through three games, and he got pulled early in that Arkansas game. And Tanner Wall stepped up, and he's he's another walk on, but he stepped up and played well against Arkansas. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that any BYU fan can realistically tell you what to expect from Tanner Wall. He surprised me against Arkansas, but I mean how much of that was just you know the the brand new first real meaningful reps in an SEC that kind of adrenaline rush for him uh, i don't know what to expect from him on saturday it's a huge question mark
2: yeah so i was i was going to say what um what ma- are there any matchups in this game that you feel like BYU could exploit or that it just benefits BYU
1: uh, I, I like, well, I mentioned the linebackers. That's BYU's strength. I don't know that they can exploit you know that running game. Devin Neal's great. Jayla Daniels is great. But that's a strength, so I'm, I'm excited to see how that matches up. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I do think that BYU's offensive line, from a talent standpoint, they have the ability to dominate the line of scrimmage. If they can just figure out some of these assignments, if you break down the film, you watch them, they're they're not far off from being a dominant offensive line like they have been over the last few years and so hopefully by week four this is the game that they put it together if they could figure out the scheme and and how to play with one another they're they're certainly talented enough to control the game throughout throughout four full quarters um i love it so
2: let's um let's take a quick break uh, when we get back let's talk a little let's talk a little game predictions i'm excited to hear what you say Thanks for listening to
0: KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store, or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
2: Okay, so before game predictions, um, you've talked about this a little bit, some things that concern you. What what things as a whole ultimately concern you for Saturday on BYU's side?
1: Yeah, I, BYU cannot get caught up in a—it can't be, uh, you know, a—, a A shootout. BYU can't, I don't think has the juice to score 40 points. Like, you know, you go back to Kansas's bowl game against Arkansas, I think it was what, 55, 53, something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that BYU has the juice on offense to do that. So uh, they've got to be able to contain the offense, slow it down just enough. And then on the flip side, BYU, I think will try to control the ball. They're totally okay trying to move the ball methodically down the field. And, and so I think that's that's kind of the big thing. If if that Kansas offense gets rolling to the point that they're putting up 35, 40 points, I don't know that BYU can keep pace. If they can keep Kansas below 35 points, then I think, okay, BYU, that's probably where BYU needs to be if they're going to leave Lawrence with the win.
2: Yeah, so that's that's kind of my thing is I, I personally think, and I said it at the beginning, that they can't get in a shootout and... um I personally think they would need to slow the game down, string some drives together. And I talked about their rushing attack. Obviously, they have a really good left tackle. Do you personally think that BYU has the personnel to do that, to slow the game down, string together drives? I don't know, 10, 15 play drives,
1: kill a lot of clock, keep the ball out of Jalen Daniels' hands you know, and do that? Yeah, they've done it so much. Maybe I'm putting too much confidence in Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator, but he's done it so much throughout his career that it's hard to just continue to say, well, they're not going to get this figured out. It seems like at some point they're going to get it figured out because he's done it for five years since he's been at BYU if they can, I that's what BYU likes to do. I mean, they're they're totally fine with 10, 12 play drives. They that's kind of their bread and butter with Jaron Hall, that's what they do. And they would kind of lull defenses to sleep and then, you know, have some quick hitter type drives, but more often than not, it was a long extended type of a drive. Uh, so I, I think they have the scheme to do it. I think they have enough talent to do it, but it's just still a lot of new faces. And that feels like a kind of a cop out of an answer, but it, it really has been interesting really across the country. And this isn't just a BYU thing, but with transfer portal Palooza and seeing how guys assimilated to programs and how they come together, it's been kind of funny to watch throughout this first few weeks of the season. And BYU is right there. You could definitely tell that it's guys who have played a lot of football, but guys who are true freshmen at BYU and they're still figuring it out. And it's just a matter of time before that clicks and they figure it out.
2: Yeah, and then you talked about the linebackers. We talked about the new defensive coordinator. I don't know how much you've watched of Kansas's offense. Andy Kotelnicki's a genius. Yeah. He wants to be the toughest offense in the country to prepare for. And you talked about the linebackers. Do you think the linebackers have the speed and does BYU's um, defense have the personnel to at least, I said exploit earlier, but at least slow down Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, and Andy Kotelnicki's play goals?
1: I think they have the speed to do it, but it's that play calling, the play designs. Man, Kansas is just, as a pure college football fan, it's the most exciting offense to watch. Not because of just putting up points, but the way that they play. It kind of, it doesn't remind me stylistically of like a Coastal Carolina offense. That's not what it is. But it's just so different. You just don't see an offense like what Kansas does. It's fun as hell to watch. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be super tough. I think BYU has the talent, but I just think that that offensive scheme is so difficult. The talent aside, it's always going to be tough for somebody to match up against that. Uh, and I, like I say, I, you know, the, a lot of new faces learning a new scheme. They're going to have to be assignment sound and really disciplined. And this is the kind of offense that kind of tricks people, right? You, you don't always see what you think you're seeing on defense, and that's when Jalen Daniels or or, or Jason Bean or whoever it is that's playing quarterback kind of lulls people to sleep and has a big hitter. It's a lot of fun to watch, and that's going to be really tough for BYU's defense.
2: Yeah, so we've talked about both sides of the ball, both coaching staffs, um, strengths, weakness, weaknesses, all that. I need I need a final score prediction from <laughs> you. How are you feeling? Both teams 3-0 and and Lawrence, first matchup between these two schools in a long time. So yeah. what's your prediction?
1: Well, here's the thing. I know you guys are Chiefs <laughs> fans, right? You're, you guys are big Chiefs fans, and it was Andy Reid who brought the Super Bowl home to Kansas City. He's one of ours. He's a BYU guy. And I feel like Andy Reid, because of everything he's done for all of you guys out there in Kansas, you know, there's going to be some Andy Reid special. I can't predict against BYU, knowing everything that, that we, BYU, we've already given you guys a lot of NFL happiness. I think we've earned some happiness here on Saturday. So uh, I, I I like BYU. I like this game to be close. And really, I think it's the turnover battle at the end of the day if BYU can force Jalen Daniels into a turnover or two, or if there's a fumble or something like that, then I think BYU can can keep this one close enough. They're going to have to get in a couple of extra possessions, and that's what Jay Hill's defense has done so far. They've, they've had turnovers in every game. They've won the turnover margin in every game. I, I like BYU in a close one, but frankly, this comes down to who protects the ball the most and maybe who has the ball last in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I love it. I think it's going to be a great game. The
2: spread really shocked me. I think the total's dropping a little bit. Um, and I think that's because BYU's defense is super sound. They're well coached and they're going to try to slow the game down. So I get why the total's dropping the spread is still shocking to me. Just Kalani's a great coach, obviously. Um, but this was amazing. A lot of great info. I want to be tapped into every Big 12 team we play. And I think you could name every player on the roster, maybe every coach on the roster. So this was great. Like I said early when I introduced you, thank you for being so easy to communicate with and being so down to come on. You seem like a great dude. You obviously know your stuff, and I'd love for you to come to Lawrence to Allen Fieldhouse or come to a football game. Or I'd love. I want to come to Provo too. I've been saying that, so I'm I'm excited to interact with their fans this weekend. But I really
1: appreciate you, and this was so good. Sure thing, man. Anytime you guys uh, want to talk BYU, I'm I'm happy to do it. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, Jeff. Thank you for listening
0: to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform KC Sports Network.